it took me like 20 years to figure out my sexuality and like tiktok did it in a matter of two seconds like are you kidding me that was so frustrating like i was just like how did you know (laughs) welcome to offbeat a podcast from the diamondback i'm your new host allison mollenkamp for nearly a year americans have been social distancing with the internet as their main window out into the world some used it to learn to bake others watched every episode of their favorite show TikTok's popularity skyrocketed as young people were stuck indoors, and among the dances and viral challenges on the app, there's a thriving queer community. This month on Offbeat, we're digging into the impact of LGBTQ TikTok. Like every episode of our show, this one started in a pitch meeting. The idea came from Offbeat reporter Rosa Pio. This story wouldn't exist without her, so from here on out, I'm handing her the reins. You're in good hands. In August, UMD sophomore and finance and supply chain management major Kat Agostini posted a TikTok about which way to wear their hat, forwards or backwards. Hi, I'm trying to figure out what the best way to wear my hat is. So this is back. Um, This is front. I go to the University of Maryland. Um, I'm only looking for opinions from the girls and the gays. When she posted the TikTok, Kat had 11 followers, mostly friends. The absolute stupidest TikTok I've ever made, and I will stand by it. It's completely stupid. And I, like, hashtagged it, like, LGBT, hashtag lesbian. I put all the hashtags I could to get to the gays. But something about that TikTok resonated with people, and their following grew. 11 became 40, 40 became 400 overnight. They now have well over 40,000 followers. Kat's content is decidedly queer. She routinely posts jokes about being a lesbian or non-binary that get hundreds of likes. But some of Kat's content, and often what truly goes viral, is a little more earnest. Things like sneakier things you could do to be more masculine in an environment that might not be accepting. Or advice for flirting. Sometimes it's as simple as reminding people to eat a meal or drink water. Kat says they want to be like a queer older sibling to younger LGBTQ people on TikTok. Like, I'm, I got you. Like, ask me questions. Ask me advice because I wish I had me. I wish I had anyone. So I've established family of like older people who can teach me things and help me be a better person. And then I also like, I'm really happy to help have the platform to help people younger than me try and like navigate all of this because it's it's a lot. Kat grew up in a strict Catholic household and wasn't given a lot of positive messaging about queer people as a kid. They knew from an early age they were attracted to women, but it wasn't until high school that Kat started to see more positive representation on shows like Orange is the New Black. So all of my content started positively showing like queer people and I was like, oh shit, This is a pot, like I'd always been introduced to it as a negative. So seeing it as a positive, I was like, oh, like this is a good thing. This is like normal and like uh, other people have, you know, the same kind of thoughts or sexuality as I do. TV helped Kat in her journey. And now they use TikTok to give the same support to young queer people. But the idea of an online space for the LGBTQ community isn't new. Then I started to like sort of watch a lot of like YouTube videos about like, like YouTube LGBTQ plus creators like coming out and um, exploring their sexuality and then I was like wait why am I watching these and then I would watch like a bunch of shows with different types of representation and I was like okay there's something there and then I was like 
I started to accept that like that's who I was. This is Maggie Daler. She's also a TikTok creator. She has 60,000 followers and she's a junior studying kinesiology and psychology at UMD. Maggie has found community on TikTok and it helps her to continue to understand and articulate her own identity. Like a couple of my videos are like um, struggling using the word like lesbian to define myself, even though like I only like girls. Um, and then like other people like validating that is validating that for me, but it's also validating that for others. And it's like, okay, we're all collectively feeling this. Like, let's like break this down. Like, why are we feeling this way? Like, what, what can we do to change it? The opportunities for those conversations have grown alongside the app where they're taking place. In late 2019, TikTok had just under 40 million active users in the US. By August 2020, that number had grown past 100 million. Globally, TikTok reports it's been downloaded more than 2 billion times. The growth coincides with the beginning of stay-at-home orders in the U.S. Quarantine got Maggie started on TikTok, and social distancing has created an opportunity for some to reflect about their sexuality. A bunch of people have commented on my videos saying, like, I've helped them come out, and I just think that's crazy. I'm like, wow, like, I needed, like, this growing up, and, like, I had this, like, with, like, a bunch of different, like, YouTubers, and then, like, the fact that, like, I'm being this for other people is kind of really cool to me. Maggie wants to make a space where people can see their experiences represented, even if it's not the big serious stuff. I don't make too like in-depth content, but like just something that can like entertain people or like be like, oh yeah, I felt like this or um, this is how I feel right now. I just think that's really cool. And um, I'm just trying to be someone that like I would have enjoyed ha like watching like growing up. And there are certainly young people on TikTok. Nearly a third of the app's American users are between the ages of 10 and 19, but nearly another third are between 20 and 29. This includes some UMD students. Sonia Masood is a senior psychology major at UMD, and she got really into TikTok last year. Obviously during quarantine, I got a little addicted to it. <laughs> Sonia felt relieved to learn about other queer people's experiences. It made her feel less alone. I'm like not the only person who thinks like this and like it was just like really really like um it's like a weight like lifted off my shoulder because I felt like I was like weird kind of just like I don't know just the like stuff that I like um used to explore my sexuality <laughs> but then like people came coming kept coming out with like their stories and I was just like wait a second okay I'm normal this is okay <laughs> After years of thinking about and exploring her sexuality on her own, Sonia had a new source of LGBTQ representation, but the representation itself was limited in scope because TikTok's most famous creators are often white. I come from a pretty traditional household. I'm Muslim and I'm Pakistani. And that is like, uh, <laughs> that's like a little scary to like kind of put on the internet because there's not that much representation in that um, area. There's like maybe like three people I know on TikTok who are Muslim and like gay. But like, I mean, I'm sure there's more. It's just like I've only seen three people who are like really famous. Sonia's experience on TikTok has been mostly positive. She says there's an abundance of acceptance on the app, including support on the bad days. But her experience highlights the need for career representation that's truly intersectional. 
if LGBTQ content only looks one way, it can be harder for people who don't fit the cookie cutter mold. There's just like no representation. That's why it was like really hard for me to like kind of accept that I was like bi because it's kind of looked down upon in my culture. And yeah, so when I saw people like those three people that I know on TikTok, the famous people on TikTok, it was like really refreshing, honestly, just because I'm like, okay, if they can be openly gay and they also like, you know, love their religion, Islam, and like, I can do the same. Like, why can't, why can't I live my life like that too? Sonia's advice for young people exploring their sexuality is to take your time and not feel pressure to choose a label early on. It's advice Aiden Appleson is taking when it comes to gender. They say non-binary feels like a placeholder for now, while they dig deeper into what their gender expression looks like. It's a process the past year has helped make possible. It was really interesting over quarantine. Like once, once I really didn't have to, I don't know, present myself to other people every day, it became... At first, it sort of started out as laziness. Like, I, I used to put a lot of effort into, like, my outfits. So I then started just wearing, like, basketball shorts around the house every day. So that sort of started to fall apart. But then I think after a while, when I started getting bored of that, it was, well, what do I want to wear now if no one else is going to see? The freshman biology major was inspired by a TikTok creator who they followed for trick shots, who posted a video wearing a dress one day. Dress wasn't a big deal, and Aiden applies that ethos to their own ventures into makeup and jewelry. I, I almost don't like the idea like, oh, wow, but this is a huge change for you. I'm like, no, this is, this is just something else that I'm sort of exploring. I don't think it needs to be like this super explosive thing. Like if you're, to me, finding out like, oh, yeah, I'm, I don't know if I want to identify as a, as a male anymore, like as a, as a man, like I, I prefer to be non-binary. I think that should be the equivalent of like someone being like, I think I want to be a baker, like after quarantine. Within the larger queer space in TikTok, there are many smaller pockets, each with their own culture and stars. Chloe Manius, a UMD senior, shared some of his favorites. There's like a whole niche of like lesbians specifically that like w- actually work at Lowe's and Home Depot when they make TikTok about like their experiences working or like lesbians and trans people specifically that work on farms and they make TikToks about that. Those are my two favorite niches. So whether you want to see behind the scenes at Lowe's or be inspired by people finding their style outside the gender binary, queer TikTok provides an opportunity for people in the LGBTQ community to share experiences. For Kat, putting on a hat led to finding a family having all of those people who are the nicest and sweetest people to a random internet stranger from New Jersey who makes stupid TikToks about not having a girlfriend. It's, yeah, it's, it's basically the family that I've chosen. So we've heard from some queer TikTok creators and their content consumers, but how does the TikTok algorithm choose what content ends up on the For You page? How is it different from other social media? And what problems does the algorithm have? We've got some answers for you on this episode's question segment. When you reached out and were like, could you talk about queer TikTok? I would be like, yes, I can, because this is all I've been thinking about for the last month. 
This is Dr. Jen Goldbeck, an information studies professor here at UMD. She studies social media, artificial intelligence, privacy, and other related topics. And she sometimes even teaches a class called Becoming a Social Media Influencer. I talk with her to get an understanding of how TikTok's algorithm works. How are social media algorithms leading people to content they're interested in? At a high level, there's essentially two ways that we do it. So one is to look at stuff that you've liked or interacted with. And then once we have that, we'll either look at stuff that's similar to that. So if you liked this video, maybe you like some of these other videos because those videos are kind of like the one that you like. The other way to do it is to say, okay, well, you liked this video and maybe you like these 10 videos. Here's other people who liked those 10 videos and here's stuff that they liked. I think TikTok has been really interesting within quarantine because it had a really huge uptick during it. So how does TikTok differ from other social media? An interesting thing about TikTok is that, you know, obviously you can follow people and then you get a lot of content from those people. But so much of the interaction on TikTok is from the For You page, which has a mix of a lot of people that you don't follow, trying to pull you into more creators and new topics and really discover what you like. And that's not really the way that most social media works. Most of the time, you're really heavily focused on the people that you've chosen to follow. The algorithm is working really hard to try to find creators and content that you're going to like because so many people spend time on that For You page that's algorithmically generated for them. You said there's two different ways that the algorithm works and, you know, social media sites use both ways so often. How would you say that TikTok kind of leans in how its algorithm works? Likes are sort of important and comments and interactions are sort of important, but watching the videos is really a thing that they want to do the most of. What they're doing on top of that is, you know, trying to very closely model what your interests are, what the topics are that you care about, and then show you more things that are like that. And it works remarkably well. They're really good at getting these kind of nuanced profiles of people and precisely matching your interests. And you can also tell when it goes wrong. Like if you go down a rabbit hole and look at a bunch of stuff you don't like, your for you page is going to be screwed up for a while. Like many others, Goldback felt seen when the TikTok algorithm figured out her sexuality and started feeding her tailored videos. I'm a bisexual woman married to like a cis straight man. So my bisexuality is like very hidden, right? Mm -hmm. Like I sort of have the privilege that comes with that, but also like my queerness is erased to the outside world. And so then to have TikTok be like, oh, you're crazy bisexual lady. Like here's a bunch of lesbians for you. I'm like, yes, thank you for understanding me TikTok in the way that like other people don't. We've been focusing on a lot of LGBTQ, non-binary folks, especially those that are people of color that don't really fit within the cookie cutter mold of kind of what people see as the LGBTQ plus community. So I was just wondering about like how the algorithm kind of gives a preference to white people in LGBTQ plus communities when it's like promoting content in the For You pages. It's a great question. So my guess is that one way that this might happen is that TikTok really wants creators to have a particular topic that they're focused on and to be really precise about it. And this is just kind of a guess based on what I'm understanding from these videos is that what we may be seeing in these kind of intersectional communities where you have people who are talking about LGBTQ issues, but also issues that people of color face is that the algorithm's a little confused because it's going to see those as two different things. So that's a guess. But I I think if you do have gay creators of color, that they're going to be talking about those intersectional issues and they're going to get split because of that by the algorithm. 
would you say that there's an issue within social media algorithms, specifically in TikTok, with seeing intersectionality? For sure. The TikTok algorithm, like it's so automated, it's so nuanced that, yeah, intersectionality can absolutely throw it off. Thanks for listening to Offbeat. I'm your host, Allison Mullenkamp. This episode was created by Riley Brennan, Sarah Chernikoff, Kimmy Fleming, Amelia Jarecki, Clara Longo de Freitas, and Rosa Pio. And a special thanks to friend of the pod, Colin Fox, for lending AA batteries in our time of need. Our music this month is Hot Damn by Marco Cisse. You can find him on SoundCloud. If you'd like to hear your music featured on the show, DM us on Twitter at dbkoffbeat and follow the Diamondback on Twitter and Instagram at the dbk. You can find a transcript of this episode at dbknews.com. And if you like the show, make sure to tell your friends and leave us a rating and review. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next month with a brand new episode.